Hey, fellow traveler, welcome to the Third Eye Awakening podcast, a show where we talk all about spiritual and psychic awakening, magic, the shift from 3D to 5D, star seeds, ascension, multiple timelines, multiple dimensions, the universe, the multiverse, the Akashic records, all the good things. I am your host, Amy Belair, and I'm so glad to have you here with me today. Okay, let's do this. Hello, beautiful being of shadow and light. For this light code, I want to share with you the story of William's birth in such a way that I can draw the comparison of what I learned through that experience and how it applies to what we are going through right now. So even before, like years before, William was conceived, I knew that he was going to be born sovereign and free at home by myself. He would not be born in a hospital, nor would he be born in the attendance of any trained healthcare professional apart from my own self. I believe that the reason for this is, is many fold. I know for some people, this will sound like a beautiful, empowering concept. And for others, it will feel like complete insanity. But he is, um, he is a gift from Killian. He was conceived in the most magical way in the exact timing of my heart's desire so that his birthday would be within a week of Killian's fifth birthday. I knew he would be a boy. I knew that he would, he was a gift to me to sort of heal even more of what I experienced with my son Killian, who died when he was 20 days old after being born prematurely, three months prematurely. Killian's birth was highly medicalized. And in hindsight, with all my training as a midwife, as well as with my my own experience as a pregnant birthing person, pregnant birthing woman, I believe that the contractions that I reported to the nurses (laughs) were Braxton Hicks. And I just didn't know that because it was my second pregnancy and it was 11 years after my first pregnancy. And in my first pregnancy, I didn't experience Braxton Hicks. They were painless. They eventually progressed to be quite painful, but that was at the point where I had been switched over to the labor and delivery unit and I was being told that my baby was being born that day, no matter what, there was there was no turning back. They became painful once I realized that I had no control in the situation and that other people had taken over to run the show and my own input was no longer even considered it wasn't even heard I wanted to an opportunity to slow things down and just let it you know declare itself either way and the decision was made that this was labor there was a reason it was happening and we just had to let it happen So it was highly medicalized and 
in that way, it was very, very traumatic. Even though I feel lucky overall, I had very compassionate hospital staff members. Some of them were not the most compassionate, but most of them were. But it was very hard to feel like my baby's life was being jeopardized by other people's perception of the situation, no matter how well-meaning they may have been. They were answering to the, basically, they were answering to liability and insurance, and they were not answering to me, even though he was my child, and it was my body, and it was my experience. So it was very traumatic for both Killian and I. And part of the reason that William wanted to be born free was so that nobody, nobody would interfere with his emergence. So I went into labor just around 8.30 or 9 p.m. as I was putting my daughter to sleep. And luckily for me, Alex fell asleep with her, which was fantastic because I didn't even want him in my space. I went into the living room and I had really not done anything to prepare for it apart from, you know, my own previous experience. But I got out my favorite essential oils that I knew were conducive to helping with labor. I got my favorite, my favorite crystals, my, my Azaz to light crystals. And I just set myself up in a comfortable place and I let the contractions happen. I completely surrendered. I have to preface this by saying that I ha- I experience a lot of pain in my labors. It's probably just the shape of my pelvis, but my babies are always facing the opposite direction that they ideally should be for the m- most, I don't know, ideal labor and emergence experience. So if, if anybody has any context for that, they're posterior. So the back of their head is pushing up against my sacrum when I have contractions and it creates what feels like a migraine in my lower back and my thighs, as well as just the regular labor pain in the front. So I've always had painful labors, but my other two babies that were not born in hospitals that, that I've got to keep and, and raise and have at home with me, Kieran and Francis, they were both, both born at home. So I know that I can do it. And that was very helpful, (laughs) but it's not, labor is not a breeze for me is what I'm saying. And I told myself that if I needed medical care, I, I did have a midwife and she's a lovely person. If, if ever I could trust somebody at my birth, it would be her. But I just, I didn't want to call anybody unless I felt like I needed them either for emotional support or medical support or whatever. I just wanted to go through this transformational journey on my own. So I set up with my things and I surrendered to the contractions. I made a conscious decision to do my best to relax every muscle of my body into the contractions. (laughs) William agrees. 
into the pain. The pain was so sharp. It was so sharp. It was not comfortable. Like pain is the accurate term. It was very painful. But I chose my, I chose my perception. As each one arrived, I welcomed it to the best of my ability in each moment. I made the decision to soften and surrender and open to the pain, to actually invite the pain in. That when a contraction starts, especially, you know, in the middle of the night and when you already have a three-year-old, so you're, you're pretty tired and you're at the end of pregnancy and, you know, you haven't been sleeping through the night in several months, there's a natural tendency to, to start to feel sorry for yourself as another, yet another contraction starts, especially as they start to get closer together, meaning like every one and a half to two minutes. So you're getting, you know, just the shortest break in between. And there's a natural tendency to start to feel like, oh my God, not again. But I wouldn't let myself feel that way. Not for this birth, not for this one. I didn't want to experience myself and my victim energy at all. And for me, it was important to completely rely on myself in order to truly, truly experience my own power, my own strength. Every time a contraction came, I welcomed it in all of its sharpness, in all of its pain. There were points where it felt like there were knives piercing my, my symphysis pubis, like the, the joining part of my pubic bone. It, it just felt so intense but I welcomed it knowing that I am okay knowing that I am okay and trusting and having deep faith my midwifery background lent itself to having faith and the fact that this was not my first baby lent itself to having faith and yet of course I had to confront the, the fears of, of knowing the reality that babies die, that I have been present at the death of my own baby. I have been present as a midwife at the death of other babies. Knowing for a, a real fact that babies die and even more rare, but still a reality for some mothers die. I confronted that. I met it with all of the faith and trust and surrender that I could muster. I released all of my attempts to control the outcome. I, I didn't look at the clock, but my, <laughs> my previous brilliant mastermind group kept you know they were in communication with each other and it would cause the screen of my phone to light up and so I was able to keep track of the time but not think about the time 
My labors have always been very long. My labor with my first child was about 12 hours of active labor. My labor with Killian was at least eight hours of active labor, even though he was under two pounds. And my labor with, well, I don't know if you could call it active labor. I think it was more of a, a, a terror response. My labor with Kieran was 14 hours of active labor and very, very painful. So I had every reason to believe that this one was going to be another long one. And yet I didn't bother. I didn't bother asking myself or entertaining any thoughts of like, when will this end? When will this end? I, I just knew that there's nothing but the moment. Some moments were for rest and I endeavored to use that rest to its complete offering to, to deeply, deeply surrender into the rest when it was available. And some moments were, were for the more active experience of being in, in the squeeze and having to really, really dig deep to choose how I was going to experience it. It was the most beautiful birth. It was the most beautiful labor. I treasure it so much. It was just me and William, who was still a mystery to me, and my cat for a little while, who was purring by my legs and my crystals and my frankincense in the dark with the thunder rolling in. It was just me. I had nobody else to worry about. It was just me. And Alex and Kieran slept soundly at the end of the hall in our bedroom with the air conditioning running <laughs> to drown out my noise. Eventually, Eventually, I realized that my vocalizations were really loud. It was starting to get really intense. And I thought I should probably, I should probably run a bath now before I lose my opportunity, before I can't move anymore. So I started to fill up the tub and I started to gather my things. I had to go in and get a candle. I knew I didn't want the light on. I knew I wanted to be in the semi-dark to set things up. And all the while being upright and moving and walking just intensified the pain significantly. And there were times when I recognize now that I was probably in transition, meaning that I was getting to the end of the, the dilating period and approaching the point where the pushing would happen. And it was, it was just like it was so intense that I would rise up onto my tippy 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 toes I couldn't relax into the contractions anymore and I would just say to myself you can do this you can do this I love you you're doing this you're so strong I would say it to myself there would be this little hint of me that was like I can't do this anymore and I just would choose I would choose otherwise I would choose to surrender to the fact that nobody could rescue me. Even if I was in a hospital, even like a C-section is not a rescue. Even an epidural, I, I, I had, I ended up having a spinal with Killian in preparation for a C-section. It's not a rescue. There is no rescue. There is nobody coming to save you. 
And so I, I had to choose to not entertain that thought of, I don't know if I can do this. It was okay that it flashed through my mind, but I couldn't entertain it. I couldn't indulge it and go down that road. I chose, I'm doing this. I can do this. I'm doing it. You can do this. I love you. You're beautiful. You're powerful. You're strong. I was able to get into the bath. I was probably there for about 15 minutes and my water broke. And Alex must have psychically heard me because he he came into the bathroom just after my water broke and I was so happy to see him because at that point it was so intense that there was no way I could get out of the bath. There was no way I could call for him. It, w- it was at this maximum intensity. And about one or two contractions later, I felt Killian's head come down into my birth canal and I felt him emerge. And it was a slow emergence. So it was still full of intensity. And when he was born, he was born floppy. His labor only took about five and a half hours in total. He was born floppy. He had no muscle tone, so he kind of, he he had an okay color. It was by candlelight, so it was a little hard to tell. He looked a little pale, but not the palest I've ever seen. But he had no muscle tone. He was just like a little wet, slippery fish. He was born into the bathtub, into my arms. And again, I had the opportunity to face my deepest fear of having a child, another son, who's going to die. And I chose my knowing rather than my fear. I chose my knowing that I could sense him there, I could feel him there. And that he was attached to the cord and the cord was still pulsing, meaning he was still getting blood from my own circulation. And that there was nothing I had to do. I could just hold him and kiss him and love him and say, come on, baby, wake up, baby. Wake up, baby. Come on, baby. And he was like that for about four good minutes before he started to breathe. I think I started scratching the bottoms of his feet and he started to bleh, bleh. <laughs> And there was nothing wrong with him the whole time. For context, in the hospital, he would have been given 30 seconds at the most before the cord was clamped and cut and he was taken away from me over to the warmer to be to have his mouth and nose suctioned out and to have oxygen forced into his lungs. That's what happened with Killian. With this baby, I got to hold him and give him his time, his time to choose to be here in this life, to choose to open his eyes and take a breath and join us. His birth was so much medicine for me. Everything went perfectly. There was no excessive bleeding. There were no complications. It was just the most amazing birth I could have asked for. And and once he was out, this huge storm erupted. This big July thunderstorm pouring sheets and sheets of rain. 
I didn't have to go anywhere. I didn't have to do anything. I just got to, you know, clean off and get in my jammies and take my baby over to the couch and just snuggle with him. It was huge healing medicine. That birth could have gone so differently. I could have been in a state of fear. I could have been in a state of disempowerment. For this birth, I wanted to know my power. I wanted to deeply surrender to God and the universe. And outcomes that I I completely understood were beyond my control. I wanted to be a cooperative member of this whole dance. And in order to do so, I had to surrender my, my ego-based ideas of how things should go. And it could have gone any number of ways, and this is just the way it went. The reason I share this is because I learned so much through that experience that I can apply to what we are going through right now. There's so much shadow coming to the surface. There is so much trauma, PTSD, unacknowledged aspects of ourselves collectively and individually that we are being forced to confront because we are birthing something new individually and collectively and we are also being birthed through the birth canal of something greater we are being squeezed so hard and i'm i am not as as i have <sighs> As I personally meet the circumstances that are at my doorstep, which at this time is an increase in, you know, the the narrative of the vaccine passports, and I keep, you know, hearing about food shortages and all that stuff. I have a serenity at this time, but I don't want to imply that I am naively thinking that none of this is going to play out any further. I don't know. I know that the narratives are a distraction, and yet I know that they are medicine at the same time. It depends on how you ride those waves. They are opportunities for these themes and these energies to be played out as we come to know ourselves at a whole new level and birth ourselves anew through this ascension process. (sighs) 
So we are being squeezed very hard and the squeeze may get harder still. Furthermore, I cannot speak for all individuals and the many, 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 many unknown and constantly fluctuating variables that influence how anybody will experience all of this. The squeeze may get harder still. Yet, the reason that I have serenity and I have, I don't know if you could call it, I suppose it is optimism, but it doesn't feel like hope. It feels like complete faith and trust. That I have no idea what the outcome of this will be. Actually, I do. It's, it is the ascension, yet I do not, I have no idea how we collectively and individually will render it as our consensus reality. That is what I don't know. I don't know how this is going to look on the other side of this birthing process, on the other side of this ascension process. But I have complete faith that... Everything is going to be okay. Everything, everything is going to be okay. It's not going to feel good at all times. But how do I put it? It's very similar to the, the surrender I experienced with William's birth, which is why I'm sharing it, is that it, when William was born... He could have died. I could have died. I forgot to mention that I hemorrhaged after Kieran's birth. That was Alex's big fear point. He could have died. I could have died. You know, any number of things could have gone wrong. And I had, I had those fears in my psyche as a very real reality, not just something I had heard had happened to somebody else once, but something I had already experienced with my own newborn. And I knew that just as I had had no control over it with Killian, and I would have had no control even if I had been at home. If he had been born at home, he would have died. So it's nobody's fault. It was, a, it was a powerful lesson in the things that I just simply do not have control over. And I did not have control over William's birth. And there were places where the stakes felt very high. And yet, what I trusted was my ability to accept it with grace to feel all the pain that I needed to feel without shying away from it. To be able to surrender to the process, surrender my ideas of what the outcome should be and just meet it in the moment. And that is what is required of us now. That is how we will get through it. 
in holding the frequency. It doesn't necessarily mean that we can feel amazing about everything all the time. We have fears. Those fears need recoding. We have vulnerabilities and we have the whole range of human emotions. We don't have to push those emotions away. We don't have to push our fear away. We don't have to push our anger and our frustration and our anxiety away. It's just the choice to not indulge those emotions in such a way that we start feeding them and growing them. To not indulge them so that they become our default setting. There is a way to meet this all with serenity. with serenity as the default setting. It doesn't have to be serenity in every moment. As we are being squeezed, we can surrender to the squeeze, open ourselves to it, meet it, knowing that the only thing that we will find truly on the other side of this, when all is said and done, is more of ourselves. Loss is a perception. It's not actually loss, it is transformation. We're not losing anything. Everything that we appear to be losing is simply being transformed. It's taking on another role or another expression, or another place in the arrangement of our lives. It may be moving from something that is central to something that is peripheral, or vice versa. If you lose a job, it's not a loss, it is a transformation. The only thing that we will find on the other side is more of ourselves. The only thing that we are experiencing is the squeeze that is causing all the shadow to come to the surface. And the shadow is just shadow. It's not the truth. It's just shadow. We can't wait for anyone to save us. A lot of people learned that last year. We need to dig deep and go inward and connect with our own power. Believe in our ability to handle whatever comes in the moment. And it doesn't mean it will feel good. We're surfing these waves. Or we are skillfully learning to ride these rapids. It's not about controlling the rapids. It's not about controlling the waves. It's about controlling ourselves as we respond in real time to the fluctuations of the energy. 
and the energy as it takes form and plays itself out through circumstances. You are so much stronger than you realize. All, all of you, <laughs> all of us, myself included. I got to experience my strength at a whole new level through William's birth, and yet I know that there is only infinitely more of me and that life will bring me many opportunities to meet myself at a new level of my strength and my power. I mentioned that William's birth in a way was made easier by the fact that he was not my first baby. And so I, I knew what to expect. And that is absolutely true. Although I know that there are some bad ass women who free birth for their first birth, <laughs> which is amazing. But I knew how to meet those contractions and, and the intensity of all those sensations and let myself fully feel the intensity, not try to run away from it, not try to escape it, not just endure it, but meet it and open myself to it and feel it, including all of my emotions, including all of my fears. I knew how to do that because I had done it before. And the great news is that we have done this before. You may remember, or you may not, somewhere within you, I know that you do. We have done this before. This is not the first time. Some of us had done this in different realms. Some of us might have done this here in this realm before. But we've been through this ascension process. We've been through the squeeze, the squeeze, the squeeze. We've made it out onto the other side. Take heart in knowing that, that this is not your first time. And maybe it is for some. I know in my, in my real life, there are some people who seem like it's their first time. This is very scary for them. Very, very, very scary. They don't know how to be with their fears. They don't know how to use this as an opportunity to recode their fears. But this isn't your first time. Somewhere you remember that this is an opportunity to recode your fears. As you are met with your fears, as your fears are triggered, and you experience them through a set of circumstances that plays out as a narrative, you get to rewrite your relationship with those fears. It's a lot easier and more thorough to do that while those fears are being directly triggered than it is to do it while you feel completely safe. Because when you're feeling completely safe, you can't fully access that fear response that needs recoding. 
This is all a gift if we choose to allow it to be so. This is all a gift. You are so much stronger than you know. We are so much stronger than we know. Take heart, beautiful friend of shadow and light. Thank you so much for being here with me on this episode. I appreciate you more than my words could ever say. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share, and I will catch you on the next episode.